0: Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. Um, This is our third episode now, and the format of the show is this, myself and um, Rob. Do you want to say hello, Rob? Hello. Um, So what we do is we look at news from our respective hometowns. Now for myself, that's South East London, it's where I grew up and it's where I still live. And for Rob, who also lives in South East London as well, um, where were you born again? Again, really? Do we need any scum? Somewhere near Torquay, no?
1: <sighs> anyway, um, I'm from, from... I should say... I keep saying Cotswolds. It's actually Gloucestershire. It is Gloucestershire, but it's obviously Cotswolds as well. Uh, it's a little village called Shelford Hill, um, which is not far from... Uh, Stroud, but I'm also I'm covering two local
0: papers. One is the Stroud News and Journal, and the other is the Swindon Advertiser. And all my news comes from my local free paper, which is the News Shopper, which I used to deliver for, and which I do have some stories about uh, delivering for when I was um, sixteen, seventeen. But I'm, I'm not going to reveal them yet at this stage. People are going to have to keep listening to hear to hear these stories. One of them. You're keeping me on tenterhooks here. Yeah, one of them is one of them is pretty good. Okay. Um, Um, So what we do is we both report on news from our hometowns for the purposes of criticism and comment. And the show is also open to you to contribute stories from your local area. Um, As per usual, the email address will be given out at the end of the show. Now, we do have some big news. We are now on iTunes and we also have our very own web page. Now, the web page can be found at localanesthetic.libsin.com. That's localanesthetic.libsin.com And Libsyn is spelled lib S Y N, um, and we will spell anesthetic out properly at the end of the show because Rob likes to do it I uh, using the phonetic alphabet. Um, so, that they're our hosting service. I'm and such a loser. if you go to localanesthetic.libsyn.com, you can download all of our episodes. There's also an audio player there where you can stream the show, and that audio player, just so you know, always plays the latest podcast. It always plays the latest podcast, but both episodes also have a little link next to them where you can either download them or play them um, live Mm -hmm. we can be found on itunes very easily indeed you can either search for local anesthetic you can spell anesthetic american spelling or english spelling or you can simply search for and this is probably easier you can just put alex rob which are our names into the search engine under itunes then scroll down the results to podcasts and we're there like the second the second podcast there or something yep And our hosting service, Libsyn, they provide us with statistics about our show. And what we've found from these first couple of episodes we've put up is that we've had people downloading from across the country, from across the UK, but also from abroad and specifically from the United States. Um, A number of people in San Francisco have downloaded our podcast. And Which is just
1: um, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. It is, I'm and amazed and, uh, by
0: that. and what I wanted to say is that when we say that you, the listener, could submit stories, we're not just talking about people in the UK. It doesn't matter where you're listening to in the world. We would like you to submit stories from your local news outlets that you have found amusing in the way that we find the stories that we report on amusing. Um, and just in regards to San Francisco, Rob. I've been to America a great many times. It's, it's my favourite place in the world outside of the UK, and I've been to San Francisco a number of times. But the first time I went there, I was uh, I was sixteen, and I went there with my school band. It was a uh, sort of. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I think... Do you know I've
1: heard the story before, but it doesn't make it any. I mean, there's a bit of a stigma attached to those
0: who were in a school band. Yeah, you know, I played the trumpet. Mainly losers. I... Mm, I was third. Yeah, you but, played the trumpet. I I learnt to play the trumpet and joined the band in order that I could go on these tours that they do because oh, our band are. really wasn't very good. I need to be honest about this. So they went on tour to to, to, to show your skills off to the world. Well, for some reason, our band master, our band leader, somehow had developed these links, especially in America. Our band before I joined had played in Disney World. What? Well, actually, they hadn't played in Disney World. What happened is they were meant to play, but the stage got waterlogged. <laughs> but they had played in numerous places in America, so what happened was we all went on this california tour and when we went there, what would happen was we would stay with the, we would stay with like a host family, and what would happen was we'd go to their high school. And that the, the the children of the people in these host family would be in their respective school band in an American school, right? And they would play, and our band would play, and the American bands because they used to practice like every evening, they were absolutely amazing. They could do jazz, they could <laughs> riff, they could do everything. Right. And then we would turn up and do our awful renditions of Phantom of the Opera, nice. and Star Wars, absolutely, absolutely terribly. And it would well, it would be it would be mortifying, but the. Th- can I just ask that? Yes. Was this like an exchange trip? Would they come over to the UK? No, no. Would they no. come to the, the likes of South East London? No, no, no. It was right, just okay. we just we we just went over there, and it, I went on a two two, a two week tour, which all sounds very amazing. You I played uh, third trumpet, which is basically if you imagine the people who played first trumpet were like the best, the people who played second trumpet were were, were second off them and third were the worst. And third often <laughs> stand Yeah, third often meant... No, we always played in the band, but okay. it often meant uh, sitting there um, miming uh, because, you know, I couldn't really... <laughs> is that way. true? Yeah, I wasn't very good at the trumpet. I just did it in order that I could go... That's really quite tr- tragic. It is tragic. <laughs> okay. The story about San Francisco is simply this. We went to visit Alcatraz... You've heard of Alcatraz. Please tell me you played there. No, we didn't play wow. Alcatraz for the inmates. No, we didn't. Right? Well, there aren't any inmates. been <laughs> really shut should, down by yeah, that stage. It's <laughs> shut down. It's abandoned. <laughs> but a friend of mine, basically, we were standing, we, we, we visited, we'd walk around Alcatraz and we were standing around outside and he was wearing this Levi's 501 counterfeit t shirt that he bought <laughs> somewhere for a fiver. Nice. Okay? Poor quality. And what happened was he ended up getting horrendously um, crapped upon by a load of. Birds all over the T-shirt and the the bird excrement. Um, well, I don't know. It was obviously very acidic. A um, uh, uh, burnt holes Is all it at, burnt through yeah, the T-shirt. Burnt through, through the, the T-shirt the fabric. He literally got assaulted by these birds. It was like a targeted attack. Can you guess what his nickname was for the rest of that trip? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, seagull lover. I don't know. The Birdman of Alcatraz. Oh, so obvious. How did yeah. I think of that? Anyway, right. So. We're going to get on with it. Um, right, do you want me to start? Or no, what? I'm going to start. You're going to start? Okay. Just, the reason I wanted to start is that people who've listened to the first couple of episodes will have heard the numerous stories relating to the welfare of animals, or more specifically, cruelty towards animals. Animals have had a hard time, haven't they, in South they, the East they London really have. of yeah. Yeah. late. I have talked about 14 chickens being beheaded in what now looks like. Uh, 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 a religious cult massacre, apparently. Um, some uh, A family of ducks being shot in the neck. Who, the family of ducks who were very popular with the locals being shot and we killed. We never
1: did find out if the police decided whether that was a crime or not.
0: No, yeah, they were, they were unsure whether it was a crime or what the cause of death was, even though they'd been shot in the neck. Um, I've talked about a kitten having its neck snapped. I've talked about a man being fined because he was keeping alligators in his bedroom. Mm. Um, I've talked about a man who was building an animal sanctuary... A heroic carpenter who was building an animal sanctuary out of the goodness of his own heart, having all of his timber stolen to to prop up the first floor of somebody's house. But I now do have a good news story about an animal, and I want to share it. It's from the new shopper. It's by Rachel Connor, who I'm sure was very happy to report this story. This is a story. After ten months of trying, a couple have managed to bring a puppy... From Turkey to Beckenham. After an expat read their story in the New Shopper. In May, Christine and Paul Glover rescued this Turkish street puppy after he was thrown out of a moving car on a motorway by an evil owner. Um, sorry, but why would you not get a dog in the UK? Well, I'm not sure. I was I was more um, I was more preoccupied with the idea of of flinging a dog out of a moving out of a moving vehicle. Maybe he didn't want it anymore. Well, <laughs> I assume that, but well, it, done with this. it seems like an excessively cruel thing it to does, do. It does. Why not just let them I off near the it. railway track or put them in a bag and drown them in the river? That's what Good I point. would that, do. Yeah. That's what I would do. I wouldn't. Bain pellet gun. Or, or what, kill it with a pellet gun? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't. Or, or, or snap its neck. I wouldn't throw it out of a moving vehicle <laughs> to, to land on the windscreen of somebody else's oncoming car. But anyway. The couple, so they must have discovered him, and I don't know how the dog survived after this, but they left him in an animal shelter. But five months later, when they returned on another holiday, they found that this street dog was about to be uh, put back on the streets as nobody wanted him. So I love the idea that in Turkey, if you're in an animal shelter and nobody wants you, instead of putting the dog down, which is what they do here, they just say, right back on the street. (laughs) (laughs) There's the door. Yeah, there's the door. See you later. Um, They returned home determined to bring him to the UK, but were unsure how to go about it. After after telling their story to the shopper, so that's apparently the abbreviation for new shopper, after telling their story to the shopper, that a Turkish expat, Kazim... Gurses, 65, got in touch with them to help. With experience of transporting dogs, having brought his own dog, Daisy, to the UK when he moved in 2009, he was able to help. Even travelling with Paul and his 18-year-old son, Christopher, to Turkey to help with translation, which is an amazing act of goodwill. Yeah, absolutely. He said, I love dogs, and there was someone who needed help. I thought it was a great thing they were doing. At the end of the day, it was a good cause. I would do it again if somebody needed that sort of help. My dog, which I brought over, died in quarantine, so I wanted to do... It like fun. Her a little bit as well. Well, it is a bit tragic, isn't it? You bring it over in quarantine, and you get a call from quarantine. Yeah, the dog's dead.
1: Just get a dog in the UK. Why are you trying to export dogs in
0: Turkey? They're trying to do a good thing. They're the Madonna's of 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 um of the dog adoption world. After ten months and around two thousand five hundred pounds that they spend, two thousand pounds, two thousand five hundred pounds. How do you get dog for that? You could get some... You could get a basket of them. You could get it's some the new timber to rebuild the animal sanctuary. That's what you could do. Or you could rebuy those uh, exotic fish that we sold. Yeah. Anyway, the dog is now settling into his new home in Beckenham. I bet it is. The new owner said it's been 100% worth it. We're so happy to have him here at last. If it wasn't for the newspaper, we wouldn't have been in touch with such a wonderful man. It was a godsend. Uh, he's settling in well, the dog. He's a bit cheeky and he's had to learn some manners and not to chase cats. Right, so that's my good news animal story. Okay, Rob, what do you got for us?
1: Okay, I'm going to start with this one, and I, I, I don't want to focus on this too much because it was a story that caught my attention just through because of the, the sheer tedium um, of the headline So, know, so this honest,
0: is this is is this the epitome of mind-numbing local news? Okay,
1: well, let's see what is it? Yeah, mainly.
0: Right. Okay, Stride
1: payments to be resurfaced. Oh
0: <laughs> dear lord.
1: <laughs> Which I just saw. This is quite a long article, and I've only just taken snippets because, to be honest, you know, you could you could quite just live into a coma. Um, so, just very briefly Gloucester County Council is making a number of improvements to some streets in, in Stroud Town Centre as the services are worn out and in need of repair. Um, I just. The, the thing that caught my attention is a comment by uh, it was Councillor Sarah uh, Lunnon. Lunnon, I think that's pronounced right. And she said you like this. The workings in Stroud is a step in the right direction.
0: Clever. Pun. Yeah. Pun.
1: Yeah, so the work in Stroud uh, is a step in the right direction towards roads, road management and also the need to reconcile traffic, people and place to create interesting and workable places to move around. Now, surely these places already exist. Because what she's <laughs> suggesting is, until these pavements have been resurfaced... There's nowhere else in the in the town of Stroud that this can happen. I think she she try to suggest that the the, the pavements are so um, potholed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're basically like um, chasms. Is it like no man's land? I think so. Yeah, but that's just the town of Stroud itself, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I I like Stroud. It's a lovely little town. I know it very well. I've never been there. Um, it's quite a pretty place actually. Um, I went back there for the first time in about five years. Um.
0: Why? Um, why? Oh, because we were looking for a flower shop. And interesting... Actually, this is interesting. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Why? There are flower. We live in London, Rob. Why would you go to Stroud for a flower <laughs> shop? <laughs> I didn't travel out of London to Stroud to find
1: a... I was down in the Cotswolds. I was staying in a lovely hotel in Charnan. And I was visiting... This is a bit morbid. I do apologise. I was visiting my mum's grave. Anyway, spent 45 minutes walking around Stroud and couldn't find a flower shop. There is
0: nowhere that sold flowers. What do people do in Stroud when they need flowers for Valentine's Day or to put on somebody's grave? What do they do? Um, they go to, to waitrose.
1: Or steal them off of people's graves. Did you think about doing that? I did. Um, and um, in the end, that's what I resorted to. I mean, uh, there is something quite satisfying about a, a newly laid road. Is there?
0: Yeah. Have you never you know, got down on all falls and sniffed the tarmac? No? no? Sniff okay. the tarmac? my hand over the smooth surface. exactly yeah no right just me then Um, should we move on let's move on (laughs) okay okay this is a story which uh, which uh, caught my eye Um, I don't think it was accredited to an author the headline is Rob Mm. life size space rocket lands in Crayford School Playground life size yes I'm guessing it's not an actual rocket well wait Studying astronomers in Crayford were stunned when a space rocket landed in their playground. Science students at Haberdasher's Asks Crayford Academy in Iron Mill Lane made the unusual discovery of a life-sized skybolt rocket during the school's Science Week in February. The rocket itself, capable of flying 83 miles into space, was manufactured by Manchester's based company Starchaser, and youngsters have given a brief history of its previous launches.
1: 83 miles?
0: Into space. Prince. I don't think that would get you very far, though, in space. Pupils were also treated to a talk from this science author, Nick Arnold, who was left inundated with questions from young readers, uh, while others visited London Science Museum to study explosions. Um, The reason why I found this um, story interesting and amusing was the comment somebody had left on this article. (laughs) Uh, The commenter, who's called the, the Everarded Butt, I don't know what that means, says the following... What a misleading headline. I, for one, was expecting to read about a rocket crash landing, Absolutely, in, the, yeah. landing in the school playground. Well, I am sorry, Mr. Uh, Everdart, whatever your name is, I'm really sorry that a rocket didn't crash into a school <laughs> playground and kill hundreds of children. How disappointing that must have been. I, for one, was expecting to read about a rocket crash landing in the school playground. Yes, but so did I. Did you? And you yes. were disappointed?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no fatalities. No fatalities. And you can quite, quite see the, the rocket is the right way up. The rocket is the right way
0: up. It hasn't crashed at all.
1: Those kids don't seem interested. And also, you mentioned they went on a trip to the science museum. I do. They, were, they mentioned that one learned about space and the others got to learn about explosions. Yes. Do you think that they, they, they tried to separate them into intelligence groups so the the, the kids they thought may actually achieve something academically went to see the spaceship? Yeah. and and space, the ones who were the future engineers. Yeah. yeah, and the ones that they you know who were fascinated by fire, that kind of thing, maybe sort of some sort of uh, primeval instincts. <laughs> went look, look here's fire. Look at it
0: explode. Well, I think that's exactly. You could that. do this too. So, uh, so basically, I would have probably been sent to see the rockets. And you would have been sent to see the explosions, and and for people to explain to you that human is a mammal. <laughs> <laughs> this next story, I mean. Oh. This, had, this was reported, I think, originally in The New Shopper, I don't know, by Alan Woods. Alan Woods was the guy who uh, sold all his family belongings to cash investors <laughs> last time to a pawn shop. Fantastic. What's he sold now? Uh, no, he hasn't. This oh. is uh, the, the, the headline is, but I have since seen that this has been reported nationally. Can I just ask, does the headline start, young reporter arrested for selling family possessions? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my. Um, Coach firm plans extra, extra M25 sightseeing tours following exceptional demand. What? Yes. I'm going to read you the story. A coach firm offering tours around the M25 has been forced, forced Rob, to add an extra date due to... Add extra dates, sorry, due to phenomenal demand. Oh, God. New shopper reported in January how Brighton & Hove Bus Co- & Bus Coach Company... "'planned the one-off sightseeing tour "'to appreciate the motorway we all love to hate. "'I find it extraordinary that they ever planned "'this one-off tour in the first place. "'However, the company has sold nearly 100 tickets "'and a further two dates have been added to the schedule. "'Days Out coordinator Simon Ashcroft said, "'The interest from all cross-sections of the public "'has been very good, and as a result, "'it sparked us into selecting an additional two dates. "'It's caused much amusement for me. "'I'm still trying to understand why a flight of fancy "'has captivated the public's imagination, "'but long may it continue.' The highlight of the four-hour tour... Four hours?! ...which includes live commentary is the Dartford Crossing.
1: Oh, well, well, that could be um, interesting.
0: Tickets are available for the new dates on April the 24th and May the 9th, and you can visit buses.co.uk to obtain those. Does it say what highlights that you'll encounter on this four-hour I've just got tour? Images of, I've just got images of a busload of Japanese tourists... Uh, <sighs> It's strange you should mention this. I, I, I remember seeing um,
1: a few months back, there's a craze in, in uh, China at the moment to arrange tools, um, sightseeing tours of um, power stations. Brilliant. Yeah. And they're, 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 they're all, over the, all over China, people will travel for hours and hours and hours to see power stations.
0: How fascinating. Yeah. Why? There's, there's
1: something about the simplicity of the building. That and you, literally, you'll see the, all these groups of tourists uh, with their their cameras taking pictures of like the cooling towers.
0: I've heard. Uh... And This is a holiday. This is their holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sh- I, I... Well, better than going to Butlins? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to track that? I, uh, <laughs> why? I don't know. People like people enjoy holiday. I've seen in papers. I've never been to Butlins. Oh, I'm sorry if anybody's been to Butlins and enjoyed it, but until you've visited power stations in China, you can't compare them. A friend of mine used to be a red coat
1: at Butlins. I've been there once when he was a red coat. It's a very depressing
0: place. (laughs) It was in mess. Right, so there you go. We can say that. Yeah, okay. Um, I've heard that they were thinking of doing a similar thing in Iran, giving tours to people of uh, power stations, but then changed their mind. (laughs) I've got some comments for you about uh, about the uh, sightseeing tours. Donna... TXX says, I've been on the back seat of many a Beano coach trip. Dan, she's written it like this. Dan, Sarfend. I lost so many pairs of drawers, Dan, there. Gord only knows what I got up to. Rune the back of the old Curacao. Proper Essex girl me in it. So there's her getting screwed on the back of a coach, says, essentially. Basically, that's what she's intimating. I bet she
1: missed the scene of the (laughs) N25. Um, this is from the Stroud News and Journal, and um, I saw this the other day. I'm just going to check who uh, wrote the story. Uh, oh, it was, okay. Doesn't actually. It just says by SNJ reporter. So I'm guessing Stroud, Stroud.
0: News and Journal reporter. Basically, yeah, anonymous, faceless anonymous. reporter. Maybe that's another Android. Maybe they've got an S uh, an F N two thousand. I meant to say to you. Oh. My
1: girlfriend, again, told me what a cat catcher is. Okay, what is it? She's becoming a bit of a know-it-all I know, yeah. I don't know, yeah. It's very strange. It's basically a pole, and then at the end it's got, like, um, a noose, essentially. And then, But what you do is like a an acrylic a, a, a band, like a, like a shopping... a uh, shopping, a clothesline. And basically you put it over the cat's head, then you pull the end of it, and it'll tighten around the cat's neck. <laughs> <laughs> you just pull it down and, <laughs> and, the
0: and oh. kill the cat <laughs> obviously obviously you wouldn't pull it
1: off the roof what's it's ratio of success to,
0: because it sounds to me like this could be fatal
1: I mean I think if you were if you were standing on the, on the ground and you were trying to pull a cat off a roof you could potentially snap the cat's neck yeah um But it's all right if you're an RSPCA person to do
0: just that, because they don't do it out of cruelty, they do it.
1: No, I mean, I guess guess it's not like a a choke chain. You wouldn't, like, literally tie around and then literally just lift the cat.
0: So can I, sorry, this is in reference to a story last week about this cat being rescued from the top of a house by uh, a a, a person using a special cat-catching device. Yes. Rob, how did she know this? Um, Because she, because of her job, she comes into contact with
1: RSPCA officers, on quite a regular basis. Her job is a vet. She's a vet, yeah. Right. So that's how she knows. Okay. Anyway, right, um, okay. The story is, uh,
0: extended sentence for moped rider who intimidated family. (laughs) I love the headline. (laughs) Extended sentence for moped rider who intimidated family. Okay.
1: Um... Uh, again, I've just taken portions of the whole story. Um, a moped rider who chased
0: a terrified family at speeds of up to <laughs> 70 miles an hour. I didn't know... Because uh, for people who don't know, maybe people who are listening in other parts of the world, are moped universal or exclusive to this country? I've got no idea. they called Italy. It's a country of mopeds. I've never seen a moped in America, I don't think. A moped is no. like... It's kind of like a mini motor... It's like a kind of... It's like an underpowered motorbike, but it's it's shaped differently. It's a bit more like a sort of scooter. Sort yeah, of thing, you it? know, very, very. It's quite something quite continental. So you get Vespas and yeah, and Lambretta. Uh, like I kind of didn't thing. know they could go seventy miles an hour. I didn't actually. But this okay. is what it says: um, a motorbike rider. Oh, sorry, were they running on foot? This family <laughs> and how would they run at seventy miles an hour? No, they weren't running on foot. He <laughs> was
1: basically what it seems to be. Um, he was manoeuvring his moped in front of the car to intimidate the family. Right. And that's what he was doing. So what? that's <laughs> Why? So I should let you read the story. No, it's okay. Um, it says that Ashley Boughton, aged 23, of the Warden's uh, Canes Cross Stroud, kicked the side of the car and rammed the back bumper during, during the chase in Gloucester on May the 15th last year. Um, there was a fantastic sentence that really made me laugh that just says... His riding was deemed so dangerous by a police officer that he thought it unsafe to pursue him and he was arrested the next day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say the police officer oh. was in a car, but I hope he this, was. This really makes the police, in what, what area are we talking about in Stroud? Uh, yeah. This really makes the police seem like village incompetent <laughs> police. Well, we're not going after him on this moped. I mean, it's a moped. He's in a police car and he's saying it's too dangerous. So we, how did they nab him the next day?
1: They, just, they went round to his house and arrested him. I would love to know if this police officer was in a car. I mean,
0: if he was on foot, that's understandable. But, but how it's do a you moped. How would you arrest him the next day? The cut it, is there only one person who owns a moped in Stroud? Well, the only thing I can think of is the police followed him back to the house. Saw so where he lived and said, right, okay, <laughs> let's, pop, let's, let's uh, go for a coffee and a donut and we'll come back tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I think you know, my shift finished five minutes ago. <laughs> I'm going back to the Nick. Um, we'll, we'll get him tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, this is my next story. Um, this is it's just just an interesting, intriguing story, Rob. BAD, as in B A A D, it's an acro- it's an acronym. Campaigner Amit Patel advised on fighting off supermarket plans by in quotes major competitor. Right. Secret advice was offered to a campaigner trying to prevent Asda coming to Belvedere by one of the supermarkets major competitors. The driving force of the Belvedere against Asda development campaign, or Bad yeah. okay. for short, it's clever. Yeah? Mm. Amit Patel was in contact with the rival days before he spoke at Bexley Council's planning committee on February the second, urging councillors to reject plans for Asda to take over half of the B and Q store off Lower Road. Bad campaigned against the plans for several months and helped to attract 375 letters and a petition of 409 signatures in That's opposition. Good. As claimed its research showed 90% of people supported the scheme. The intervention of the mystery contact whom Mr Patel refused to name came one or two days before the council meeting. Mr Patel, who owns Belvedere News Food & Wine in Gilbert Road, said he was handed a name and a contact number, in quotes, which he rang. He told trade magazine, convenience store... That sounds like a fascinating Good magazine. magazine. We should feature that. That the person on the end of the line instructed him to tell the planning committee a sob story. When New Shopper asked about the call, Mr Patel confirmed what was printed in Convenience Store and said, not much else was discussed. So a New Shopper, I don't know why a New Shopper are reading Convenience Store magazine, but they did. They tried to follow up with Patel and basically got no more information. <laughs> it could be a sister publication. He de- it could be a sister publication. He declined to elaborate besides stating the conversation was, in quotes, beneficial to both of us. The 35-year-old said the rest of the conversation was confidential between myself and the other party. He added, at this stage I do not want to put out into the public domain until everything has gone through effectively. Council officers recommended the plans were approved, but councillors chose to reject them. In line with the council's procedures, the decision will be re-debated at another planning meeting. This article had loads of comments right people were really exercised about this this is an example of one of them I am also I'm a local resident and to be quite honest with you I'm and they've starred out the swear word Furious that the plans have been refused. Mr Patel, you should be ashamed of yourself with your sob story. Wow. Ind- independent news agents tend not to hire anyone. As I have noticed, there only seems to be two or three people working at any given time. Think about all the people, approximately 300, who will gain employment from working in Asda. Another point being, people cannot afford newsagent prices. Anything which is purchased from you could probably be bought for half the price in a supermarket. That's true. And she's basically ashamed of Bexley, Bexley Council. Now, Paul Erith. Oh, yeah, Paul's back. Lovely. What do you remember about Paul? Um, He's quite a straight-talking man. He's he's wise, isn't he? He so is very wise. Here yeah. comes the voice of reason. He said, "Not sure it's fair to say Mr Patel should be ashamed of himself." Okay, it's a way of the world that big supermarkets are putting the smaller companies out of business, but you can't blame this guy for doing all he can to protect his shop. Most people would do the same, and fair play to him for taking on a giant and winning.
1: I think we should try and include a, a comment from Mr um, uh, Mr Areth every week because he you don't, he often speaks
0: sense. Do you think he works as a judge, or he should be a judge if he you're could not? Be. Judge Erith. Yeah, it's good. Um, the last comment is by Donna TXX. She was the one who talked about these... Uh, these uh, uh, was that the coach tours? Uh, that was the woman who was talking about being on the back of a bus on the coach tour. And oh, God, it. yeah. She said, oh, let hey, nobody down. fool themselves here. Mr Patel has only got Mr Patel's best interest at heart. End of story. He couldn't give a crap about the locals. He's got you by the short hairs and he knows it. Uh, has she slept with Mr Patel? Does, does it not say? Uh, it doesn't say. You oh, I now. want to retract that. <laughs>
1: I might, but I'm not going to.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah. uh, I am no uh, affiliated I know, I,
1: I donna TXX, is yeah. it? I apologise for suggesting, and Mr. Patel that you, you've uh, engaged in some sexual relations. Um, this is from the Adfer, so the Swindon, the Swindon Advertiser. And uh, the headline is, Show your support
0: for hard-working charity. Now... Good stuff. A Good start. Um... In our first episode of the podcast, I talked about this extraordinary story where Asda again... And by the way, for anybody listening elsewhere in the world, Asda is basically owned by Walmart in America. So it's a massive company. It's a huge chain. It's a huge chain. Now, I talked about a story in the first episode where Asda had raised this money for a charity called Tommy's Charity, a very good charity. They'd raised this money for charity by selling off raffle tickets. And they'd raised it in conjunction, bizarrely, with Sesame Street's Elmo... And it was reported this as a story uh, and all I happened to know to when reading the story was that they had raised the ridiculously trifling amount <laughs> of £115 which which you reckon was overhead for hiring out Elmo. I, I'm sure that's
1: what it was. Yeah, yeah, you, it does, you won't
0: do these gigs for free.
1: No, it's what's, a true story. What's your story? Okay. Um, women are being urged to donate their unwanted bras to support a charity which installs soda lights in schools and medical centres in the Gambia. I <laughs> can what?!
0: I know! This is like taking <laughs> random words and putting them into a sentence. Donate Brav to buy solar panels for people in the Gambia. Yes. Why? <laughs> Well, this is... Right, OK. This is some pervert who's just said uh, he, no, he no, wants no. ladies' underwear, and he's going, yeah, you give me your underwear off your, off your washing line in the back garden, and it's going to... I don't even understand how he could connect these things.
1: He's been going around with his bag, taking bras, and saying, yeah, it's for it, charity. for <laughs> charity. Don't solar, question it. Solar panels in the Gambia. <laughs> yeah. um, the Cricklay-based charity, Lights for Learning, um, has partnered with the company BCR global textiles to install about 60 bra bins in the buildings in the Swindon area and further afield. Right. Um, women can drop into these bins their old and unwanted bras which then are recycled to raise one pound per kilogram. <laughs> that's... That's... that's really <laughs> a kilogram. That's a lot. Can you imagine how many bras it'll take a to... A pound re- a kilogram? Yes. Right. Um, for charity which sends out the volunteers to install the lines... Okay, so let's just break this down. So, this
0: is, can I just say, this is possibly the most ridiculous story we have had. <laughs> this sounds like an April Fool's. No. Yeah, I know. So, women go to these
1: bra bins um, and drop off their their old or unwanted bras and then these are recycled um, and they receive one pound for every kilogram of bras they recycle. I, I mean, I don't, it's fair to say, I don't think bras wear an awful lot. No. So maybe a, a few... not But, minute but also, they pounds,
0: must have but... done some sort of calculation and looked at the demographic and, and figured somehow that they reckon that the, the women in this area have a lot of unwanted bras, which they probably don't. They might have... I mean, they might donate one each or two each. I mean, it's I just know, It's ludicrous. But then it goes on to say, even better, it says that... Um, for this charity, which
1: sends out volunteers to install the lights. So it sends out volunteers. Is it send them from the UK? And if so, are they covering their airfares, their, their accommodation <laughs> while in the Gambia,
0: their food, their living costs? It sounds like... Can I just point out, Rob? You could have raised more money by just saying to people, will you donate for solar panels in the Gambia? It would have be better to say, just give us a pound. Give us a pound. Go to each people's house and say, will you give us a pound... Rather, this ridiculously convoluted theme, where not only have people got to donate their bra, but they've also got to be bothered to go to the local bra bin and put it in, (laughs) which doesn't, which looks a bit
1: weird. Okay, so since the uh, the first bins were installed in January, um, she, the organizer, has collected about 100 kilograms from various sites. 100
0: kilograms. They've raised 100 pounds. This is worse than the story with Elmo. If they got Elmo involved, maybe they could have raised 15 pounds more. Maybe. He would have um, taken the women's bras off for them. But, but these bins were Sorry? literally all over Swindon. Um, most of the bins have
1: gone out in Swindon to places such as schools, churches, and companies... Schools? Schools, yeah. <laughs> what what the hell? Is... Not, they're not suggesting the children donate them. Right. <laughs> that would be weird. Well, who then? The, well, 20 teachers. Teachers, <laughs> the 20 teachers in the school? This is absurd. Teachers, canteen staff... Caretakers? Uh, yeah, uh, crossing guards, or if they call them the UK, what are they? Lollipop ladies, even. Um including companies such as Intel and Nationwide, as well as 12 Slimming World Clubs. <laughs> what? On earth? This is this is something. But Slimming world, uh, world Clubs are genius. The more weight they
0: lose, the bras no longer fit. So in the bin they go. Yeah. That is
1: genius. And you know how genius. quickly people
0: lose weight? Not that quickly. So you're talking about maybe getting a bra out of a person once every six months. They've yeah. raised £100 so far. By getting all these companies involved, Rob, how much was the cost of making the bins? they putting them up. I know. This cannot be true! <laughs> it's, it's, it's
1: fantastic, it's a great story. and uh, I mean, they do go on to say that if uh, if any brand new bars are donated, bras even, um, they are sold for £1 a bra to bring in extra cash.
0: So if they're, if they're new, they can sell them straight off. They're, I'm just reading your screen here. These volunteers who go out to the Gambia will install lights, right, these solar panels, and they will also run teacher training sessions in math and English refurbish classrooms and take part in other activities. All of this is being funded by, so far, £100. So far, they've managed to cover the, the, the train fare to get to Heathrow. <laughs> I'm sorry, but whoever was responsible for this scheme, and similarly, whoever was responsible for the scheme of, of roping in Elmo to help get money for Tommy's and only raising £115, uh, they should be sacked. <laughs> there is a picture on this website of... Three women who look out uh, of uh, the dinner lady sort of oh, I'd say
1: middle-aged, uh, you know, one they all look particularly happy at the, at the money they've raised for this campaign. And
0: they're draping bras around the bra bank, which is hideous. It looks like a big... It's a big pink sort of <laughs> it's co- basically, container it is, it's, with it's, a black top, and it just says bra bank on it. All it is is those very,
1: very cheap recyclable um, recycling bins you could have made
0: food. more money just by saying, Can you have a look in your drawers for anything you don't want anymore? and just you know, can we have a car boot sale? I mean this is ridiculous. But why
1: don't it does say that, obviously. I mean I, I know that you can you can have um, unwanted bras and new and unwanted bras, but surely the people who are donating new bras, surely they should just donate the money that they could have spent on the bra directly to the Who's charity Who's
0: gonna donate a new bra? Well <laughs> maybe it's good it's what a gift. From a partner. Sorry. Do you have any unused bras that you could donate? Rob? Um, I'm wearing because my... I've said before, Rob has got a bit of a weight problem, and he he does have man boobs. If we ever t- attach can, can I just? I haven't got a weight problem. I'm I'm, okay. I'm on top of it now.
1: You have. Yeah, well... It's, um, the me same and Rob
0: and used to work in the, same, um, in the same environment, and every day, don't ask why, because it doesn't make us sound like we were still at school. <laughs> um, we, there, were, there were desserts served in the canteen where we worked, and every day the desserts were served with custard. We weren't at school, this was an actual workplace. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, in what professional environment do you serve desserts and custard? Yeah. And Rob used to eat these desserts with custard every day, and that's when the weight issue started. Now, you're saying you're on top of it, that you've lost a bit of weight, so what about all your use, unused uh, used bras? Well, currently they're supporting other things. Can you send them off in, in Jiffy
1: bags? I'm not, I'd am not. i like to know if you could donate. I mean, there, there is there's an email address. I suppose you could email them and say, I've got a, a, a bag full, but... Um, I think it's also worth to say, when we did work together, you also managed to convince our work colleagues that I had a gambling addiction.
0: Well, I was, it's called an intervention. I was trying to help you.
1: Yes, but you didn't help, did you? No-one did help, and then I lost all that money. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you had to pawn all your things to cash converters. <laughs> yeah. Um Rob, there is a a sad point to all this because while we are laughing at this story and the complete ludicrous nature of it hmm. somewhere down the line inevitably a phone call is going to have to be made to the people that this is being organized with in the gambia hi yeah i'm just ringing to say that we won't be able to install the solar panels like we said we were going to why not i thought you were going to be raising all this money for charity we really need those solar panels and all this teacher training and math and english yeah well did you not raise enough money well, we decided to try and raise the money by getting people to donate um, their used bras. They'd have to drive to a bra bin and put it in, and we installed a lot. We spent quite a lot of money on installing the bra bins. Every kilogram of bras. At the other, at the other end of the phone, this person is losing the will to live in the Gambia. They just want to know when they're getting their solar panels. So, um, and how many kilograms have you got then? A hundred. So that's a hundred pounds. Yes. Yeah. And- Thanks for nothing.
1: Uh, you're receiving a, a new box of pencils and uh, a, a, a stack of uh, erasers very soon.
0: And th- and, some, uh, and some used bras. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, can I ask you, do we know what the origin of this scheme is? I mean, where did they get the idea for this? Well, it is actually mentioned in the article, and I, I, I should have mentioned the name
1: before, because the charity volunteer who thought of the idea is called Joe Heaven, which is...
0: A great name. Well, she's an angel for trying to do all this for the people in the Gambia. Tell me about the origin of the scheme. Okay. Um, she came up with it after she was left
1: with 136 kilograms of spare brass. 136 kilograms of spare brass? Right. Um, following an appeal for donations of clothing items to pad out boxes to keep. The lights safe in transit.
0: I see. So basically, she did this appeal at some stage as a charity yeah, for this company for used BRT Global. For used clothes yeah. to pad out things, and she found that loads of people were donating bras. So she thought there must be a lot of people with tatty bras lying about. Let's get some bra bins up and running. Let's get people to donate their bras to bra Didn't she think that people had probably already donated all the used bras they had to her original scheme? Quite possibly. And, and let's, I
1: mean, I'm, I'm hoping that the 136 kilograms didn't make up the majority of. of of the money
0: that was already donated, <laughs> such, such you're right. That is that is what's <laughs> happened already. And so far, they've had one bra deposited, <laughs> and that was by accident because somebody thought it was a bin.
1: <laughs> Maybe it was Donna and, and, and Donna T X
0: X. Yeah, just flung it out the coach window <laughs> yeah. where she was enjoying herself with Mr Patel, allegedly. <laughs> um, Okay, um, now do you remember last week, Rob, we spoke about, um, there was that story that I, uh, when I I, I basically updated you on what happened with this uh, chicken massacre and that people were saying that it was a religious ritual and there was one commenter who said, I had a feeling this was a foreign ritual. (laughs) I had a feeling this was a foreign ritual and you commented, oh yeah, nothing like a bit of casual racism. Yeah. Well, I have some more casual racism for you. Wonderful, I do enjoy casual racism. Although, I'm not sure casual is the appropriate term uh it's more just like hardcore racism right the story is it's about the comments on this story are the racist part right that i in no way endorse but this is the story members of the same romanian family are to be sentenced after pickpocketing sleeping passengers on trains to gravesend and most people do fall asleep on trains. that's pretty awful most people do fall asleep on trains to gravesend that's the sad thing yeah um four members of the same romanian family are to be sentenced after pickpocketing sleeping train commuters. Between January 2009 and August last year, the group would target passengers who were sleeping on the late-night trains between Charing Cross and Gravesend. They predominantly stole mobile phones from people's pockets or bags before leaving the train. Detective Constable Tim... Weeks from British Transport Police said these men are career criminals who have all previously been arrested, charged or convicted for theft-related matters. He added, the items we found during house searches, along with CCTV and mobile phone analysis, indicated that these men were agents involved in a highly organised conspiracy to steal, aimed at generating as much money as possible to pass back to other family members in Romania right. to buy land and property. We know there were over 180 crimes, over £60,000 wow. worth of stolen property. £60,000 That's quite pounds substantial. Worth of That's a lot of brass And a lot of bras. These are minimum estimates, and the true figure could have been much higher because many thefts have been reported as lost property or not reported at all. Here's a picture of the four men. OK? Wow. OK. Right. Comments. So, like, convicts to me. There were 36 comments on this. I've whittled them down <laughs> to much less than that. Uh, some of them I just couldn't <coughs> read. Unfortunately, well... Were they really that bad? OK, I'm going to read them. No, it's what maybe what you'd expect. Okay. Ron 1952, sorry, Ron 1952, says... <laughs> Three months of bed and breakfast and an evening meal in Her Majesty's prison hostel should teach them. First comment: not too bad. we start us there. I'm very sad that Paul erith has contributed to this. Oh, poor no. You might know what, yeah, he said. You no said t- you
1: were a man of the people earlier.
0: No doubt, when caught, they can't be sent home due to their human rights. Exclamation <laughs> oh, point. That's man. a bit of a Daily Mail. Nice That's right a Daily Mail comment. comment Paul. We're upset about that. Donna T X X says. Oh, fantastic! It gets better. The EU, the gift that never stops giving. says the girl who Uh, Ianella says first of all they're gypsies not Romanians people should people should make the difference and Donna TXX you are right and I understand your point of view but not all immigrants are here to commit crimes fair point Ron, nineteen fifty-two, says, Ionella, you are very right. Good and bad in every race, love. I'm sure Donatier XX's point was we are letting in riffraff criminals from other EU countries. We only need the honest working types from the EU. Although the swarthy-looking one, top left, looks a hunk. I must say, I bet he just needs a firm hand. I'd straighten him out, sharpish, like."
1: Well, it's, sorry, who was this? Was this? Was that Donald? Th- that was Ron. That was Ron the same. Yeah. That's why I was... <laughs> it I does thought. have
0: sexual overtones, doesn't it? It's, it's peculiar. It has very sexual overtones. <laughs> uh, Trees are Green says, This is how they thank the country that has given them a home. Send them back to their own country to commit their crimes. We have enough of our own evil people. Yeah, OK, yeah. Ionella says, What human rights? They're not going to be killed or tortured in Romania. They'll only go to jail, where they should spend the rest of their miserable life. They'll never get straight. It's in their blood. Another Dane comment there? Okay, yeah. Um, Jack Russell, 1960, says, <laughs> It says a lot about this country when we let a bunch of thieving muppets without checking their- <laughs> 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 It says a lot about this country when we let in a bunch of thieving muppets without checking their papers first to allow them to steal off our own people who are exhausted after a day's work of keeping this country going, only to have their valuables stolen when they have a catnap, sick or what. Right, two comments on that. First of all,
1: <laughs> there's no he seems to be in the assumption that apparently on their papers it would document them as uh,
0: thieving muppets yeah
1: <laughs> and two he has no idea who, who the people were on this train they could have been they could have been recently released from prison or they could have yeah and all They could have been there could be a whole cross section of the community they might have been convicts most of them anyway what are you suggesting that most people who get the late night train from Charing suggest-
0: to Gravesend are I'm not convicts. suggesting
1: that the majority of people on the train to Gravesend at that time of the evening are convicts. Just you- most of them.
0: Well, Rob's now contributing <laughs> to, the, to, to, to this debate we can see. Indigenous pensioner, which I love the name of that guy. Indigenous pensioner, yeah, that, that is good. I'm a pensioner and I'm indigenous to this country. <laughs> he said, we liberated Europe and now they repay us. They, all of Europe. We liberated Europe now they repay us by sending us their criminal thugs by the way, there are no there's no punctuation in this comment, so I'm just actually gonna read it as it is. Okay, I'm just gonna read it as it is. There's no punctuation. Are you ready? Yep. We liberated Europe, now they repay us by sending us their criminal thugs, hard working commuters paying their taxes to keep these Thugs In my country, this makes me very angry. Some of these people could have been pensioners, the very people who put the great into Britain, only to find their wallets robbed. These thugs need the smirks wiped off their faces. I shouldn't wonder if they were part of a bigger gang of thugs operating on the railway system, drugs, etc. They need three years in a military glasshouse to teach them this is not the British way of life. Full stop. Thank you. (laughs) Right, a golden broom boy says... Pickpocketing and stealing luggage from sleeping travellers is a common gypsy practice. While one is unlikely to be mugged on an overnight train in Romania, my friendly advice to solo travellers on an overnight train is to find a compartment which contains at least one other traveller. If challenged, gypsies will insist that they are good people and they will leave quickly, since they do not want to be turfed off an overnight train in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> He talks about them like they're this species, like an animal. You he know, does. When yeah.
1: confronted, <laughs> this this feral race. Can I just ask as well? This this again could be a potentially stupid comment. Yeah, they are mammals. <laughs> Roma-
0: both Romanians and Gypsies are. He mammals. Doesn't say that in the article, though. No. Right. Okay.
1: Um, it, one of the previous commenters mentions that we liberated Europe, Mm-hmm. which you know I, I realise that happened. Good. Sure, but Romania was part of.
0: I read about this. Romania was part of the Axis.
1: Was it not part of the, of, of, um, uh, the Russian Federation?
0: Yeah. So it was part
1: of the Soviet bloc? I think so. And I'm pretty sure we didn't liberate that.
0: <laughs> no. My, my last recollection when I was watching Putin on the news the other day was it definitely isn't liberated. No. <laughs> um, uh, there are a few more comments because I did want to keep a lot of them. Shanks 2 says, From where I work, you see it every day trying to push trolley loads of goods out the store. I say every time they get caught, they should have thief tattooed on their foreheads nice. and thrown out of the country. With the tattoo, they can't get back in. It's an it's, idea. It's foolproof. What you're talking about, Willis, says the following. How many foreign criminals are in Britain? No one really knows. The honest migrants who have come here to work and work star, star, star hard, some of them do. I know a Polish builder who puts in 12-hour days. If you know any builders you will know how unusual this is, are being tarred with the same brush. Um, I have to mention also that one of the most active nations in Bosnia and Herzegovina are Romanians, not forgetting to mention they have also some of the most hardcore football hooligans. Let's also mention here the properties they're building in Romania with the profit from benefit fraud, pickpocketing, and various other criminal enterprises. And then he's provided a link to a Daily Mail article. He then provided a link to another Daily Mail article... <laughs> And he finished with this. When you read articles like this, it becomes clear why the English Defence League, the British National Party, and some of the so-called fringe groups are increasing oh, in popularity. And for anybody who doesn't live in this country who doesn't know who the EDL and BNP are, they're basically right-wing, fascist, racist political parties. Um, and last comment here, Golden Broom Boy, he comments again and he says... Even the Daily Mail article mentioned that these criminals are gypsies rather than Romanians. Since you obviously cannot tell the difference, Romanians are a Latin people who superficially resemble Italians. Gypsies are a brown-skinned people originally from India. Romanians do not like gypsies any more than anyone else does. Yes, some gypsies have huge homes in Romania, just as some Irish travellers are very wealthy. If you want to know how they get their money, you can always ask them. But I do not recommend it. (laughs) Um, before we uh, come to an end, this is, I've just got a very small comment to make and this is basically a criticism of the New Shopper website, which I want to go on record as saying. Um, okay. I have noticed this now for the last... Since we've been doing this podcast now, so we're on our third episode, we've been, you know, we're on our third week, and this, I imagine this problem with the website has been on there for some time, um, but it's, it's, I'm sure this has been up now for the last three weeks. Basically, there is an area of the New Shopper website, Rob. Right. On the main page to the right of the main stories that just says your say and what it does is it pulls comments people have made from stories and shows them on the main page and it always just shows two comments and tells you the story that it's related to for example do you remember in our first episode i talked about the gravesend pair who were sentenced after they broke a kitten's neck yes so for example on your say it will say gravesend pair sentenced After kitten's neck was broken, and then above it, it will show a comment pulled from the article. Yeah. So in this case, the comment was, these two idiots should be banned for life. There are people out there that would care for the kittens, give them a decent way of death if that is what is necessary, not leave them in the alley for foxes to eat, hope someone does the same for them when it's their time to go. Yeah. Do you remember that comment? Yes, I do. Right, that. that was by Rainer, 53. So it's pulled that comment. Okay. My problem is, Rob, is under the story, man jailed for stabbing teenager in the face... Quite a serious, oh my quite right. a serious okay. story. The comment that's been pulled automatically from it, all oh, this is a complete error, is this. And this is up on the front page of the New Shopper website. Right. So under your say for the article, Man jailed for Stabbing Teenager in the Face, it simply says... Whoever thought of this layout must have been drunk at the time. It's it's sheer madness. What purpose is there to it? You go from the outside lane into the middle lane. To go through a tunnel. And most of the time you have to force your way into the middle lane because no one wants to give way to you. (laughs) Lucky this time no one was killed. (laughs) So that comment is obviously either from another article or somebody has erroneously placed it on this very serious story of Manjel for stabbing teenager in the face. Nobody's moderating this website. Alan Woods, Abigail Woodcock, all the rest of you, check the website. This looks unprofessional. You know the person who left that comment, though? I wonder if they did leave it there accidentally or maybe they were completely confused because do you want to know what their name was? God. Too much To Drink. <laughs> Sorry, as in not not, mush, not even too to much, but too much to drink. As if they're slowing their words. Is that a deliberate play of words, or is that actually because he's he's misspelt, or because he's inebriated? I've got no idea. <laughs> but please, new shopper, go to your website and sort it out. Because if you're the person, if you're the parent of the teenager who's been stabbed in the face by somebody, and you've got somebody commenting on the layout of a road system, that's that's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Unless they they have actually witnessed this 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 horrific. Knife attack. And this is their defense against it, their mental defense. Yeah, then they got post traumatic stress disorder and then just focused on the road layout adjacent to the incident.
0: (laughs) That could be it. Okay, um, uh, uh, we're going to end. We're going to end as we always do with saying we would really like your submissions because what this what this show is going to become. Obviously, we've only just started, yeah. but what it is really going to become is that me and Rob will still be commenting on stories from our local areas. But we want stories from your local areas, from around the UK, from San Francisco to New York. Uh, to anywhere in the world, anywhere in anywhere the world who's yeah. listening to this, please submit us stories that have caught your eye, that have been amusing, that you think we would enjoy commenting on, and you can send it to our email address. Rob is going to give you the email address because our. It, it's basically. But what it is, it's localanesthetic at gmail.com. Local anesthetic podcast. Sorry. Localanesthetic podcast at gmail.com. But anaesthetic is a tricky word to spell, because I can never spell it, and there's a variation in the English spelling of it, for example, compared to the American spelling. Rob, will you spell anaesthetic for us, first of all, letter by letter, and then do it using the NATO alphabet, as we know that you get some perverse sense of enjoyment out of doing? Well, you know, it's it's a, it's a hobby. Um,
1: I, I apologise if people are finding this tedious, but it's just because we want your stories that badly. Um, anaesthetic is spelled A-N-A-E-S-T...
0: H E T I C. And that's the English spelling. In America, the, there's not an A and an E. I think it's just an E. It's just it's an e, yeah. <coughs> Okay, And uh, to spell it phonetically, it's spelled Alpha November Alpha
1: Echo Sierra Tango Hotel Echo Tango India
0: Charlie. Lovely. I think you're getting better at that. When do you think we should stop doing this? Uh, no, I think it's a regular feature. Do you- <laughs> This is this is the part of the podcast where people really do. This is when
1: people start emailing saying, "Please, please stop spelling out the email
0: address." Yeah, but well, well, hopefully they will have.
1: At least they've emailed. Yeah, at least they've emailed. Exactly.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast. There'll be there'll be episode four up in about a week or so. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening. God bless. Take care.